Welcome to the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Myers, your host here at the Keys Weekly headquarters in beautiful Key West, Florida. It is beautiful today as I talk. I've got a special guest today who has outlined this entire podcast for everyone. She also outlines my life. She tells me what to do, what to wear, and what to eat. If you haven't guessed yet, the the, uh, guest today is my wife, Kirby, Kirby Myers. She'll be with us today talking about various things. Before we get there, as always, I want to thank our friends in Radioland. If you're up early, you are listening on WKWF FM 103.3 or AM 1600. That's early Saturday, Sunday mornings, 7 a.m. And obviously, if you're not, you are downloading this podcast either on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, other cool places, or all of the podcast as well at our site at keysweekly.com, www.keysweekly.com. So thank you again for all of our listeners uh, that made this such a great show with fantastic guests and uh, an okay host, but we had a great time in 2022. Now, we're launching into 2023, which is a big reason Uh, I have my wife here, other than she told me I had to have her on the show, but uh, I'm joking. She's giving me the look now. I'm happy to have my wife on the show. I wanted her on the show, and you will hear her come on here just in a moment, and you you will hear her voice, and you'll say, Britt, we've listened to you for a year, and we hear your wife. Why does she not do the podcast? Yes, she grew, grew up in radio. She has a radio background. She has a radio voice. She's much more dynamic. She looks better. Uh, she's faster. She's smarter. All those things. So I already know you don't have to write me, email me, send me smoke signals and let me know that she's better. I know this already, but I'm very happy to have her on. And uh, without further ado, here is Kirby Myers. Kirby, uh, my wife. Welcome to the show. Thank you, darling. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you. And yes, I will be taking over. It's okay. No. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so for our listeners, they're probably thinking, now, why does this guy have his wife on the show? She is very successful. She has an extremely in-depth background in radio. We'll talk about that for a second. And she has an extremely successful business here in Key West called Kirby's Closet. We'll plug that right now. It is a retail slash resale, upscale resale boutique store here in Key West, widely popular, uh, most notably because of Kirby's social media presence. And if they want to see your bubbly smile and some of your fun videos, which the entire town, we cannot go anywhere and even seeing the few people we don't know in Key West with, without them saying, there's Kirby, I watch your videos on Instagram. Oh, my God. And uh, and I'm not joking. That is everywhere we go. But So, Kirby, how do they find Kirby's Closet on Instagram and social media? It is at Kirby's Closet KW. And Kirby is K-I-R-B-Y. I've gotten some wild spellings over the years, the most notable being Q-U-R-B-E-E. I think that was on a Starbucks coffee cup one time. I was like, well, you have quite the imagination. It was me. It was. Uh, uh, so that's the plug for Kirby's store and uh, our boutique. And definitely check that out. You'll enjoy it. She does a great job with that. Uh, the reason we have Kirby on is the new year, new beginnings. And if you read the Keys Weekly from time to time, Kirby has a column in our paper. And it's not always or all about a boutique or how to sell clothes or how to style women, which she's very good at and loves to do. Uh, Kirby more so talks a lot about drinking and alcohol and a life of sobriety. And that's a life that she chose how long ago, Kirby? Uh, It'll be two years this April. So two years this April. And she's very outward and very honest and very transparent in her columns in the Keys Weekly. 
and talks about that journey and talks about what it's been like to put alcohol aside and begin a life without that. It's changed the dynamic of our relationship in a lot of great ways, uh, who we hang out with, the things that we do, why we do it, and it's been a great thing. It is. No, it does not come without challenges. That's that would be a silly thing to try and pretend to say, but it has been uh, a positive, a positive step and a great one for Kirby. Now, as we start to talk about this today, because when New Year's comes around, a lot of people say I'm going to do a dry January or a dry couple months. Some people say I'm going to quit drinking, and then they start drinking again. And it's important to know that that's okay, that some people choose to do it a little bit. Some people choose to go all out. Some people uh, are alcoholics. Some have dependency issues. And we want to be clear, this is not an AA moment. This is not a certified therapist or counselor, myself or Kirby. Um, For those people in, in the spectrum of alcoholism and those who drink, to that severity, to that severe level, um, we're not necessarily addressing that portion. Uh, we're going to talk about that, but if that's the kind of help, or if that's something someone wants to seek and seek out, we're not we're not pretending to cure that or somewhat support that through a podcast today. That obviously takes more steps, more t- more conversations, and uh, more assistance. But if this conversation today inspires that, or has you wanting to talk about it, or look into that journey, then so be it. And I hope that's the case. Um, uh, so that that is the point up today. But I want to preface this podcast and this conversation with it is not where we have licensed therapist or uh, someone with a deep background, Kirby or myself, in uh, alcohol abuse centers and giving that kind of support. This is this is Kirby's journey. This is what she's found that's worked for her. And I'm going to elaborate on that a little more now and let Kirby kind of jump in here. So Kirby, two years ago, you came to me. It was kind of up and down and said, I have decided to be um, I'm going to I'm going to give up alcohol. And you were drinking quite a bit, um, depending on what someone considers drinking quite a bit. Or I was al- drinking every night. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll start this off. You told me today this was not planned and you may not want me to share this. And we certainly would not share a name, but a, a person that came into your store, your boutique today came to you and said, hey, I read your column. And this is the kind of feedback you get from time to time. And I know it means a lot. So share with me what you shared or share with listeners what you shared with me just a few moments ago. Uh, well, last April was my year anniversary of my sobriety. And I hosted or I wrote a column on that uh, when we were in Jamaica, actually, for a friend's wedding. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Jamaica. We're going to a friend's wedding. It's adults only. It's all you can drink. It's all you can eat. And I'm going sober. This is crazy. And I I had the absolute best time of my life and the best sleep. I woke up every morning and felt fabulous. I did yoga on the balcony, looking out on the ocean. And this sounds like such a cliche, but it really was one of those trips that was so transformative because I'd never taken a trip like that before and not had alcohol be at the center of it for me. And to get through that, not only get through it, but thrive in it and enjoy it and come out of it and to boot celebrate my year 
sobriety anniversary while we were there was just incredible. So I was really inspired. There was one afternoon we were sitting there in Jamaica and it was pouring raining. So we had to leave the beach. And um, I think you were off with a couple of the, the friends and I just grabbed my laptop and I sat on the porch and I typed up, you know, a, a little column there about my my year sobriety. And I obviously had it in the paper and I posted it on my Facebook. And a woman came in this morning and totally randomly said, I have to tell you, uh, there was an article you wrote and it was on your Facebook and I read it and I had been watching my grandkids for about a week and I was drinking every night about four drinks every night and I'd been thinking how I really needed to to cut back and stop and I saw your column and I read it and uh, that night was the last drink that that I've had and she's going to celebrate a year sobriety this April and it gives me chill bumps to think about that. And, you know, I get a lot of that feedback and that was really for me putting myself out there. And when I started this column, you and I, our relationship actually, you know, grew from us sitting down together when I originally had this idea to kind of open myself up and my first ever article. Um, I think the opening line was something along the lines of my name is Kirby. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. And I drink more than I should. And the most beautiful thing that's come out of my sobriety is I'm no longer depressed and I'm no longer anxious. And we can get more into that in a little bit. But I think something that a lot of people don't realize uh, is how much mental health is tied to drinking and anxiety, especially how it can cure that simply by putting down the drink can have a monumental impact on your mental health. So that's been wonderful for me. And, and me and this woman talked about that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think for those listening, there's two sides of someone not drinking. And again, the spectrum of sobriety, whether it's just someone who, who casually drinks or socially drinks all the way to those with dependency um, issues or maybe substance abuse uh, items in their life, a disease that, that it is a disease. And we all understand that that needs, that needs attention uh, beyond maybe someone who just says casually, I'm going to stop. But it also makes it difficult for the person on the other side, like me on the microphone here sitting across from Kirby when she decided to stop drinking. I was not in that place in my life. And I do want to touch on that. That spectrum is probably the word I'm using a lot when it comes to those who drink whether they're an alcoholic in that term, alcoholic is used a lot. And Kirby, I want you to talk about that because I think for a lot of people who say, well, I'm not going to drink anymore. I don't want to call myself an alcoholic because that is really a stigma or a term that maybe that means I have to show up at the liquor store at six in the morning and I'm, I'm waiting for it to open up and I'm hiding it in my car and at noon at work. And, you know, that's that's the idea a lot of people have in their head probably for the for, for, and I know some people go through that, obviously. Um, but today, I don't think that necessarily not drinking or just saying you know, where the alcoholic or I have an issue or this is something I need to address or I want to slow down or I want to stop. Does it mean that you're automatically signing up for AA? Now, again, AA, great program. Not saying that if you have an issue, don't do it. This is not going to be something we say don't do that, but that may not be for everybody depending on where they're at in their life. So for us, it was difficult in the beginning to kind of say, well, I know I would say, well, you're not an alcoholic. You know, I don't see you with these kinds of things that I picture on uh, some friends I know who've gone through some tough things or have gone through rehab or have gone through periods of their life where they couldn't even really go to work or function or or, or had gotten uh, maybe lost touch with family and some things that you just see. But 
but, but that, that was really more me trying to understand it. And so talk about that spectrum when you talk to people and, and what people, the stigma of being an alcoholic or someone who drinks too much or someone who just says, I'm casually going to stop drinking. I think slowly but surely we're actually moving away from the word alcoholic. I mean, and again, I'm not a licensed professional um, whatsoever, but you know, that word, I know for me personally, was a reason why four years ago when I should have gotten sober, when I realized it was a problem in my life and becoming a problem in my life that I didn't get sober because I wasn't able to say I'm Kirby and I'm an alcoholic. And today I ha- I don't even say that. And I think in our relationship, you, you mentioned this, I think that was something you were looking for and, and kind of needed for me to say, and I wasn't able to say it. So there was this misunderstanding and you couldn't understand like, what are you looking to do here? And alcohol, you know, it is addictive. Um, it, it just is. And alcohol use disorder has many ranges. And we're seeing today where so many people are deciding to remove it from their life for various reasons. And that could simply because they want to be healthier, but it could also be because they don't drink every day. But when they do, they can't just have one. They, they binge drink, even if it's once a week or twice a month. Or when they do drink, they don't feel great the next day, whether it's physically or mentally. Um, so I think that we are kind of moving away from this either I'm an alcoholic and I have to wear it on my T-shirt or I'm not versus look, there is a whole gray area of drinking and there is a whole, you know, uh, range of people who just say this isn't serving me. This isn't working for me. My life is not gaining anything from this. And we've been so programmed in our life. And I don't you know, I, I really am sensitive to coming off preachy or coming off judging. But, you know, alcohol has been a big part of my life since I started drinking and Um, I didn't start young, which was good. But, you know, once I did in my late teens and my 20s and into my early 30s, it was the center of everything, even to, you know, when my children were young and their birthday parties and anything that you do, any vacation you go on, anything you plan is centered around drinking. And that wasn't the case when you were growing up. You were trained that that's what you needed to do to have fun. But it's not true, right? That's just actually like a really, really temporary fix of putting this drink in your hand to ultimately just make whatever problems you have feel worse. And if you are somebody that, like myself, um, is easily addicted to things or an extremist by nature, and I've learned that about myself as well, I think just with anything in life, it becomes an extreme slowly but surely because I didn't know how to find the help that I needed without going to AA or without going to rehab. Um, It just continued to go down this rabbit hole to the point where I all of a sudden went, okay, I got to stop and I got to quit. But it's not just for people who can say I'm an alcoholic that necessarily need to remove alcohol. Taking it away from your life can benefit so many people in so many ways. If you have thought about it for one second, Just give it a try and see how you feel and see every day how physically you change and mentally you change and sleeping and mental health and your patience. And it sounds so funny, but somebody once told me that the colors in the sky will get brighter and the grass will get greener. I will never forget it. And there was one day a few months into my sobriety that I walked outside and everything in the world just looked brighter. And it's true. 
Yeah, and I think we're here on the Florida Keys uh, weekly podcast. Uh, This is Brett Myers. I've got my wife, Kirby Myers, and we're talking about her personal journey uh, with sobriety um, and and hopefully what she shares today inspires someone listening. And we know there's different people going through different levels and things in their life. And and we know I want to repeat that because I don't want someone to cut it, come in later and say, well, that's really what a therapist or a licensed counselor should be talking about. And I think we're past that stigma that we can't talk about it. People are in different places, but there are people at those levels where that is important to have those counselors have that support. Um, But but there is a stigma that we're removing. We're talking about a new year in 23, her journey. And um, as we said before, I've been on the other side of this as the husband. And we talk about alcoholism and whether or not the partner should stop drinking um, or continue. That was something difficult for us. We still go through some of that. We're sitting here with Mason. She's our producer and our editor for the podcast. She's got a wedding coming up in Tampa in a couple of weeks. Uh, that would have been scary for us a year ago, six months ago, because we we're always kind of thinking, you know, we live in Key West. Alcohol is a part of our life, our social life. Everywhere we go, people drink. It's what they do call it a crutch, if you will, but it's just, it is kind of the social um, binding or bond between people here in Key West, or at least that's what we all think it is. And so I want to talk about that with you, Kirby, because um, if we're being honest, I think when people make this decision or go through this, I think empathy and honesty is something I hear a lot on these support groups and people who talk, and I think it works on both sides of relationship for the person who's not drinking. And the honesty is, hey, let's be honest. Like, it is scary to think, well, who are we going to hang out with now? Or if I go to this place, how do I really have a good time if I can't have a few drinks uh, here and there? Or what's that even going to be like now? Like my, all my social circle drinks, uh, when we play golf, you know, we have some, you know, whatever it looks like in your world and to our listeners, if you're being honest, that is scary, particularly if drinking's a part of your life. And some people enjoy drinking and some people are responsible. And I get that. And I, I still, and to be, and to be completely transparent on this podcast, I still have drinks here and there. Nowhere near, uh, just by nature of, of Kirby, uh, not drinking anymore. Nowhere near uh, the magnitude of what we used to do, but I still enjoy a drink here and there. And that's a decision that she and I have made together. We have parameters around that when I do and how I do that. But it is scary when you go through something like this. And if you're listening, you, if you're being honest, it's one of the first things you think of. God, if I do this, who are my friends going to be? Uh, where are we going to hang out? What's, how's this going to be different? And if you're a non-drinker, that probably doesn't seem as scary. You're like, well, that, that's not a big deal. But when you do, that's your social life. That's, that's your circle of friends. And if you've been doing that 10, 20 years, it's almost like a, a whole new set of friends. You keep some and you kind of find out who... And I want you to talk about that, who some friends are and who, and maybe you lose some who are just terrified that, Hey, you can't drink with us. You can't hang with us. And that's, that's part of it. Absolutely. That's a, it's, it's a great point. And for you and I, you know, um, that's probably a, a conversation for another podcast to dive deep and in, deep into how to navigate as a couple when you guys do a lot of drinking and socializing together and, and one side, you know, kind of pulls the rug out and says, I'm done, I'm stopping. And the other person goes, Whoa, what does this mean for us? Um, I think we probably have to go into and all that on a different day. But I think that's that's important and it's a big deal. And you and I have come a long, long, long way um, with that. To your point, a year ago, going to this wedding, um, you know, in two weeks would have been super, super scary for me just to think like, how much is Brick going to drink? Am I going to be OK? Am I going to be comfortable? And now I have gotten so much more comfortable in my sobriety and a couple of things that, you know, of course, time, time helps at first 
first, it is, it's wildly scary. You're making a huge, huge change, a big adjustment, and you probably will feel really lonely. I've never felt so lonely in my life as I did, I would say, for the first six months of giving up alcohol. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of walking. There was a lot of breathing. Um, there was a lot of Diet Coke. There was a lot of candy. Um, but, you know, I just one day at a time, and here I am a year and a half later, almost two years later, and I have so much confidence in going into these events. And uh, Mason, I'm proud to say I'm probably going to be last man standing on the dance floor without a single drink. And you know what? It's it's awesome. I, I love where it is now. But the thing with the friends, um, and I wrote about it, I, I just did the column uh, saying bye to booze in the new year. And something that I talk about is that you will lose people. And I say people and not friends because you think that you're losing friends, but you're not losing friends. You're losing people. Okay. Because those people that no longer are in your circle, when you look back and think about it, those are people that never, ever were unless you were drinking. Right. I still have some of my best friends. I mean, Britt, obviously you're my absolute best friend. My husband, like the love of my life. You still love an occasional drink. My girlfriends, you know, Colleen and Angela and Christina and all these girls that I love to death. And they're normal, moderate drinkers. They have a glass of rosé. They like a cocktail here and there. Totally fine. But these aren't relationships with people that I had that were always revolved around drinking. These were relationships that I had with people that sure, we went out and partied and we had fun, but we also had played. Dates, or we also had lunch with, you know, a non-alcoholic beverage, or we went for a morning walk or did a workout class together. The people that are no longer in your life when you quit drinking are people that were in your life only to drink with. It was a conditional arrangement. And trust me, you'll be happy to find out which friends stick with you without the conditions. So ultimately, it becomes really a blessing because your life becomes much simpler. Your circle becomes much smaller, but it's a real wake up call to how precious um, obviously our life is. That's a cliche, but how much time we have and how little time we have and how the little bit of time we have outside of our families, outside of our jobs, outside of our marriages want to be spent with the people that really, really matter and whose relationships you can, you know, kind of connect on that cellular deep level. And those aren't the people that you were just sitting there on the weekends getting wildly wasted. It is as fun as it was once in a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for the articles we're talking, talking about, those can be found at keysweekly.com. Uh, if you pull those up and type in Kirby, uh, Kirby Myers in the search bar, most of those columns should come right up and you can find those at keysweekly.com and talk about that. And again, I, I keep prefacing this here on the Keys Weekly podcast. Again, um, for someone listening, without doubt, and there's always somebody who has an issue, but this one would be a legit issue if someone said, well, that's that's a subject that maybe a counselor or someone should talk about. And I say that again because as we went through it, you know, it really depends on the person, what they're going through, uh, and it depends on their who else lives in the house with them and empathy and honesty and support. And it's not easy. It's not easy at first. I can tell you maybe this for some people, I doubt it. It's not an easy thing. And for some, it probably means getting alcohol out of the house completely. It probably means for some 
um, don't drink at all. You know, if they're not drinking, you don't drink. So as we tell our story, it's not one size fits all by any means. Uh, it's not that our one shoe fits every foot. So there are levels where you probably get the advice or for someone to get there on their journey and, and to maintain with accountability, these are things that have to be done. Naturally, over time, I don't think we have much alcohol in our house at all. But I want to. A reason I bring that up for you is some people say, "Hey, okay, you you haven't been drinking for two years. You've got this partner over here that says he still has a drink here and there. Um, do you still have triggers? Is there still things that you do for support and accountability that helps you not drink? What are those things that helps you uh, not want to? Uh, are there still moments that you do? Is there certain times? Is it is it situations? people you're around that make you want that? Is it smells? Is it a memory? Or do you, are you able to separate all that kind of stuff out of your life and avoid it? Um, talk about that a little bit. Uh, no, I, I don't want to drink. I, I love my life and it's so beautiful and it's like the best it's ever, I'm 37 and um, my life is the best it's ever been since I was, you know, a young girl before I started drinking. Honest to God, I mean that with every ounce in my body. I have no desire to drink because I know what that would mean for me. And I know that I am a person that could never just have a drink again. And quite frankly, I don't want to. I'm one of those people that's like, if you're going to have a drink, you're having a drink to feel it, not to just have the taste. You know, that never made sense to me when I was 20 years old. Like I'm not drinking it to like get the notes of cherry. I'm drinking it to get a buzz, you know, and if not more, way more. Um, so I get triggered in terms of anxiety. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, which we know I always am, my, my triggers more come from, you know, the occasional time when I'm around somebody that I love that has too many. Um, because let's be honest, uh, there's, you know, nobody that doesn't act differently once they've had too many drinks. And whether that's um, slurring or just mannerisms or acting a different way, you know, personalities change and they shift. So are you saying I don't look better and dance better when I drink? No, I wish you danced with me more because you've got some great moves, baby. And That's I saw right. you the other night grooving over to Motown, but you didn't even have any drinks. But anyway, um, whether it's my brother or it's a friend or it's you, you know, I, I, I don't mind being around somebody when they've had a couple of drinks. But when somebody that I love has more than they should and you watch them as a sober person transform from being themselves to being a version of themselves that no longer reflects who they are and they don't have to turn into a mean drunk or a nasty drunk or a you know something that's necessarily negative but it's still a version of that person that's different and it's a version of that person that honestly is a less attractive version of that person before they had too many drinks. And that is difficult. That's the most difficult thing for me if I'm being completely honest now. So that is when it more so just triggers a level of anxiety for me, but not necessarily a level of wanting to drink. There's still always that level of feeling like you're missing out a little bit. 
and my trick, I'm sure you've noticed like lately, especially even at dinner with the kids, I like having a big balloon glass of uh, wine glass and I fill it with my favorite soda water and ice and stuff just to kind of feel fancy because I feel like that's not fair. Why don't I get fancy pretty glasses just because I don't drink alcohol anymore? Well, I'm glad you said that. We're with Kirby Myers and we're talking about a new year, a new use, 2023. Happy New Year as we have about five minutes left here on the Florida Keys weekly podcast. Um, and we talked about you not having a lot of triggers. Some people do. Again, it's a wide range. People, it depends on the person and what they're going through. For you, though, I will say you did pick up some activities. Um, and so for someone listening who might be similar to in your shoes, Kirby, and says, hey, I've been thinking about this for a while. Maybe I'll try it for a month. Maybe I'll just say I'm doing it. I'm going for a year. But it takes that first step. But as you said before, most people who are prone to addiction of some level are probably prone to um, going, you know, going overboard or doing things in bulk or 100%. extreme, yes. you know, extremists to that extent. It's probably a better word, extremism, whether they're eating candy or if they get into the gym, they do it and they go crazy for a while in the gym They I and mean, they really do it well, but they, they're just extreme personalities. So... Again, hello, my name is Kirby and I'm an extremist. <laughs> so not to be a therapist, but it's important to find something to replace a motivation or something that was so prominent in your life, yeah. like alcohol. And for you, I think yoga was something that you picked up. Yes. Um, you also found some interesting things because uh, we only have a few minutes um, for you personally online. I know you have a lot of support, like your social media turned into other people and a lot of motivational uh, yeah. places online on Instagram yes. and, and Facebook. I and follow like a that. lot of accounts um, that, you know, are other similar, you know, women, men as well, who, you know, have found sobriety, you know, throughout themselves and work that they have done, you know, without working the program. And again, total transparency. I tried a couple of meetings and I think that, you know, AA is phenomenal and it, oh my God, it saved hundreds of thousands of lives. And I have, you know, friends that have worked it and still work it today and it's, it's phenomenal, but it's not for everybody. Just like everything isn't for everybody. So I love today that there are so many different avenues. Um, if you're considering uh, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace is the first book that I read. That's definitely one you want to pick up. It gets a little tedious. Again, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. This really talks about the science behind alcohol, how it affects our brains, exactly what it does to us, how it strikes the dopamine levels, how we crash, how it works and, you know, triggers anxieties and gives you that fake high and then brings you down and all of the things. And it makes you go, wow, oh my God, no wonder. And, and this makes sense now. And I, I get it. Um, so that's a really one to kind of understand what it actually does to us and why we feel the way we feel and why we crave it and why it's so easy to get addicted or to, you know, develop this alcohol use disorder. Um, so reading really, really helped me and writing really helped me. And I would really, really push anybody that is giving this a try again, whether it's uh, for a month or a couple months or just one day at a time, A, don't beat yourself up one day at a time. And if you make it, when I first said I was going to quit, I went four months. I'll never forget. It was September 1st, 2020. And then December 12th of 2020, I, uh, I had a drink again. So three months and 12 days I went and I was so mad at myself. I beat myself up so bad. And then I quit again on April 24th, the following year. And I know it will stick this time, but there's so many people that feel like if they say they're going to quit and then they have a drink, they feel like they failed. You didn't fail at all. 
Yeah, I mean, you you did more than most people are doing just by saying, I'm going to give this a go. Um, so educate yourself. And more than anything, it's your journey. Everybody's is different. Don't compare yourself. Don't do what this person says you have to do. Listen to your body and just take five minutes a day. Even if you're not a writer, put a note in your phone and talk into an audio message and just just kind of acknowledge how you're feeling and how every day, you know, is a little bit different, but chips away and gets a little bit better. And there's going to be hard days, of course, and you're going to feel like you're going to want to give up. But just just remember, it's one one day at a time. Yeah. And so we're going to wrap up here in the next couple moments. And uh, I want to thank Kirby Myers for coming on the Keys Weekly podcast, uh, Florida Keys Weekly podcast here and talking about this journey as we come into a new year. Um, I can tell you again, I think it starts with honesty. If you're a couple, I think if or, or if you have a partner uh, and you go through it together, I know for a lot of guys, because I have some guy friends, we've got Kirby and I have someone, someone that we're really close to that we just went through this with and they're going to th- through something similar where uh, she's sober, needs support. He's not stopping drinking and it sounds, hor- it sounds rigid or like he's being obtuse. But it's tough when you're a guy because your first instinct, if you're being honest, is, well, you, you didn't say you're an alcoholic. Are you, we, you weren't this person when I met you. This is how we met. Or why are you trying to control me? And it comes down to honesty, you know, with both sides. This is what I need. Um, this is what might work. And I know for us early on, it was, hey, you know what would work is with, when I'm with you, I'm just not going to drink. And I was too proud and I was too stubborn to tell you at the beginning, I need you to stop drinking. And if I could go back and change something, I would have done that. And I can just encourage anybody, especially if you have, you know, a relationship that's strong and solid, which obviously you and I do. And we we made it through that. <laughs> we can make it through anything is be as honest as you can with your partner. And if you don't be scared to tell somebody, this is what I I need right now. This is what I need from you. And I should have done that. And that's okay. Cause we made it and we're here, but, um, yeah. you know, the only person that can do it is yourself though. And I think what you said was very poignant to end on, which, which is you don't beat yourself up. Um, for some, it's a matter of life and death, whether if they have that sip or not. And let, and we acknowledge that. And for some, it's just a matter of going back to a lifestyle that was unproductive or not healthy for them. It could turn into that moment of life and death as well. But uh, I have a friend out there right now I grew up with, one of my best friends, and he's gone through this, and he's gone through rehab and stents where he almost died and induced comas and lost jobs, and he's successful, and he's smart, and he's good-looking. He's, he's one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. And he's even said to me before, you know, I've, I've failed, I've messed up. And it's like, in that case, like, no, you have a disease. And just like some people get cancer, uh, some people get certain ailments that, that you're born with or you, you have, in this case, you're born with it. Do not beat yourself up. Um, you know, there is help out there. There's different levels of this, but I think that the, the, I guess the point is today is find that support. Start today. Um, you're not alone. And, and don't wait until it gets to that point where it's a life or death. I think, you know, you always hear that. If you're questioning, do I drink too much? You probably know the answer. And I asked myself that for so many years. And I remember reading something that said, don't let it take more than it already has. And I know I said this earlier on, but for anybody else that's just joining us, I cannot stress enough 
enough that people don't talk about and don't realize is the link between alcohol and especially anxiety. There were days that I literally didn't get out of bed, that I couldn't physically move on a Monday after a weekend filled with partying and binge drinking. I physically couldn't move. I couldn't sleep. I wouldn't look at my phone. I just laid there in an anxiety ridden hellhole and it has completely dissipated by removing alcohol. So I would just say to anybody else that, you know, drinks moderately to excessively that's dealing with mental health health issues. I really uh, would encourage you to give removing alcohol a try and see how how that does for your head because it's done wonders for me. There you go. And we'll we'll talk about this again and dig into some things a little deeper. If you're listening and you're thinking, hey, you didn't touch on this. Uh, there's some bigger issues we didn't touch on and we're, we're aware of that. Uh, there's severities that we didn't touch on. Uh, email me uh, at Brit at keysweekly.com. That's Brit, B-R-I-T-T at keysweekly.com. The next time we have this conversation, we'll try to include uh, some various items. But my hope is today the conversation in the general sense leads to someone to be inspired that's thinking about this has a friend a family member uh they're on the other side of this like i am um to to be a positive conversation to be something that um we're going to 2023 i know it's a time of resolutions and, and new beginnings so uh if this is one that's for you hopefully it's in- inspiring i know kirby's been inspiring to me as my wife and my friend and uh, very proud of her on this side of the table and i appreciate everyone that has tuned in again and listened to this um uh, tough topic, but hopefully a fun topic, hopefully a positive topic, uh, depending on where you're at in your life. And perhaps this has some meaning to you. So happy new year. Happy 2023. Kirby, thank you for coming on. Cheers, baby. Mason, the next time we have you as our uh, producer over here, you'll She'll be married. You'll be married. Go and do uh, the job we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Everyone have a great week. We'll talk to you soon on the next show. And thank you for a great 2022 and looking forward to an even better 2023. Thanks so much.